What can apples be stored in for months at a time? What should never be stored with apples? What did cavemen do? What is a good thing to store fish in? Find out in this episode. Welcome to Writing Rule with Allie, the fiction writer's inspiration station for rural life and lifestyles. From historical to post-apocalyptic, helping you bring your rural stories to life. I'm Allie, and this is episode number 48, Five Alternative Food Preservations, Part 3. Whether your characters have a garden, forage for food, or have meat, there are many methods that are used and have been used and might be used in an apocalypse. Today, we will cover five more. Number 11, sand. When I think about sand, I think of sandboxes and beaches. However, sand is also a good way to store many root vegetables. This technique has been around since ancient times and is believed to have started in the desert terrains. Sand is used to store root vegetables such as potatoes, carrots, turnips, radishes, beetroots, Jerusalem artichokes, and firm fleshed fruit such as apples and pears. To store them, your character will place sand in a box or jar or other large container. Play sand is recommended in modern times as it has been well cleaned, but others can be used. Your character will want it as clean as they can get it. They will make the sand damp. Damp sand will help keep moisture out of the food. I don't have the slightest idea how that works. I can't find any science behind it online, but I do know it works. However, too much water in the sand can lead to rotting, so make sure that they don't add too much. When storing, a layer of sand is added to the bottom, then a layer of vegetables, then sand, then vegetables, until it's full, and the sand covers the top layer of vegetables. Make sure none of the vegetables touch. This can accidentally speed up the ripening and cause decay quickly. Another thing is that apples and root vegetables should not be stored together. As apples produce a type of gas that speeds up the ripening process of root vegetables and will lead to overly quick decaying. Carrots and parsnips should be stored vertically. Remember, your character will need to check the food every week to make sure that there are no signs of rotting and if they look like they're going to go bad soon, they'll need to eat them. At the same time, they will check the dampness levels. Stored like this, food can stay fresh for two to five months, so make sure that they're eaten as they go. Number 12. Cheese making. Dairy products are one of the hardest things to keep fresh. Cheese making only seems to make sense. Cheese has been around since roughly eight to 10,000 years ago. Cheese making is believed to be ancient. Ancient texts say that it was accidentally invented when an Arabic merchant stored milk in a saddlebag made from a sheep's stomach. He traveled in the desert all day, and that night he found it had curdled into curds, aka the solids, and whey, aka the liquid part. It is said that he found the whey satisfied his thirst and the curds satisfied his hunger. Cheese making sounds complicated, but is relatively simple, although individual recipes can be complicated. I'll give you a general idea of how it is made, but for individual recipes, you'll need to look them up. First, the milk will be poured into a large pot to warm it to congeal. Depending on the type, congelation can be achieved by either acidification or rennet. Avernet is an enzyme that causes the proteins in milk to combine. These enzymes are found in stomachs of young calves. Ew! But can be microbial, from plant blaze or fungus to milk thistle sap. 
Acidification is when your character combines milk with a starter culture, aka live bacteria, such as citric acid, lemon juice, or vinegar to increase the milk's acidity level. Both of these start to separate the curds, what the cheese is made from, from the whey, the liquid part. According to the manual.com, link in the show notes on my website. And I quote, once the milk begins to solidify, it separates into curds and whey. The milk, solids, or curds are then cut into pieces to release more of the liquid or whey. The size of the cut curds will affect the amount of liquid retained which determines the texture of the resulting cheese. For softer cheese, the curds are cut into large pieces or minimally scored. When making a hotter cheese, curds are nearly shredded and then further processed by stirring or cooking to create drier, more tender texture. Once the curds have reached the desired texture, the whey is drained away, leaving the remaining curds which will move on to the next step of salting, shaping, and aging into the cheese, end quote. Next, curds are drained, usually using a cheesecloth in history. Cheesecloth is a thin cloth made for draining curds, but is used for many other things on a homestead. After as much water as possible is drained and wrung out with the cheesecloth, the curds are then placed into molds. These could be loaves, wheels, or any other shape. Some recipes call for salting now. This not only helps get rid of water, but also helps the flavor of the cheese and is a preservative. Last, it is time to let the cheese age. Depending on the type, it could be three months to a full year. Aging is done in a low temperature, low humidity place for most cheeses. A root cellar or cave-like environment if you will. Stored like this, they can be good for years. However, taking them out of this environment can lead to rapid decline and food spoilage. Although, timing and storage will depend on the type of cheese your character makes and the environment they make it in. Number 13. Smoking. Smoking meat as a way to preserve it is thought to be one of the oldest methods to preserve food. It is believed that cavemen accidentally found this out when they likely hung their food to keep animals away from it. When they found fire, they didn't have ventilation for the caves were their huts, and that was how they learned to preserve food with smoke. Is it true? How would I know? I'm not that old. Yet. Okay, there are three types of smoking today, but I will only cover two, as the third requires the meat to already be cooked and preserved, and it's only adding flavor. It is not a preserving technique on its own. First is heating smoke. This can be done over a smoky open fire. I'll tell you the way I think about this one. Basically, it was fully cooked like this and dehydrated until it was jerky. If you've never had jerky, it means that it's dry both in looks and in touch. It will be hard but flexible, but not stiff. Well, I mean, it could be stiff, but you might have overdone it. It is still edible that way, as I have done that too. Oops. This open fire later turned into stone, brick, and concrete smokehouses. The meat would be hung and they would keep a constant temperature of 128 to 176 degrees Fahrenheit until it was fully cooked. This could take a few days in ancient times with large smokehouses. The other method is called a pit. Basically, it combines smoking the meat with baking. The character would place the meat in a wood-burning oven made of stone and keep it there until it was done and dehydrated enough for winter. If smoked and stored correctly, the meat could last for several months. Number 14. Freezing. Freezing foods has been around since about 3000 BC. It is believed to first be used in China. They had large ice cellars to store their food. The art of freezing food has lived strong in northern and southern parts of the hemisphere for centuries. 
The food is placed outside in the freezing temperatures. However, there is usually a place for this, like a hut on stilts in Alaska. This is to keep predators out of the food where you can, and more importantly, away from the home. It was in the 1940s when the electric refrigerator started to become commonplace. That said, it is something that we still do in this area when the weather is cold outside or we lose power and it's cold enough outside. Number 15, olive oil. Olive oil has long been used as a food preservation along with many other uses. It is believed to first be used in the ancient Mediterranean and Northern Africa. Olive oil is technically considered a fruit drink, but I just can't picture it in my mind. It is great at preserving fish, herbs, vegetables, onions, peppers, green beans, tomatoes, and that's just to name a few. This is one that is fairly simple. Prep the food, place it in the jar, add a little salt, pour an olive oil over it, get the bubbles out, and seal. That said, if olive oil is left in the sun and heat, it can go rancid. A cool dry place is the best for storing these all year round. Fun fact, in 2022, 13.25 billion pounds of cheese was produced in the United States alone. Now for everyone's favorite part, what could possibly go wrong? Well, let me tell you. Likely to go wrong? When your character is pouring olive oil and working to get the bubbles out, they get oil all over themselves. When they pick up the next jar, it slips out of their hand and shatters. Also likely to go wrong? Your character doesn't drain enough water off the curds when making cheese, causing it to mold before it has the chance to age. Possible to go wrong? Your character adds too much water to sand, leaving the vegetables to soak in water. They all soon go bad, leaving your character without food for the winter. Also possible to go wrong? Your character didn't fully smoke the meat all the way through, and it soon goes rancid. Unlikely to go wrong? Your character uses dirty sand to store their vegetables, and soon the bacteria grows out of hand in the sand. When they eat the vegetables, they get food poisoning. Also unlikely to go wrong, your character leaves fish preserved in olive oil in the sun. When they go to cook it, they find it had turned rancid. Improbable, but still technically their own possibilities. Your character freezes the meat in a building on stilts in a cold climate. When they return to get the meat, they find they have been robbed and their food is gone. Also improbable, but still technically their own possibilities. Your character accidentally shuts themselves in a smokehouse filled with smoke. They soon start having signs of carbon monoxide poisoning. If no one gets them out in time, this could be deadly. You can find this episode's show notes and helpful links to learn more on my website, allyheart.com. That's A-L-L-E-Y-H-A-R-T dot com. Subscribe, follow for more episodes, connect on my YouTube videos by dropping me a comment. A new episode comes out every Monday. Until then, happy wordsmithing.